somehow, by some miracle, I got connected at Chase to Greenpath and talked to a wonderful human being who listened for an hour, listened to the real story. My conversation with Robert was radical. That's what I'll say. And I say radical, meaning it was right on. He listened, he was present. It wasn't phony. It was authentic. I could tell there was a person on the other end who also potentially had a family, has gone through hardships. I would call it transparent, meaning it was a boundary appropriate conversation, but it also, it had heart. I felt connected. And I was like, many times I was like, Robert, this is awesome. You know, like I felt at home, like I could be honest. I can't even tell you the relief I had hearing that they were able to lower my rate to 2% and I could get out of this. I was like, oh my God, this is the best news ever. I was so proud of myself. So I just, I knew there had to be a solution. I had faith there was some something out there that could help me because I literally was drowning in debt. Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Crystal Lugazima. Today's guest is Kitty. Kitty's ancestors from Ireland started a very successful business in the wake of the San Francisco earthquake in the early 1900s. This success created generational wealth that Kitty benefits from. But her story is much more complicated than that. Despite her familial wealth, her upbringing left her without a financial game plan as she entered adulthood. And then life happened in her case in the form of an injury that left her unable to work for a time after giving birth to her son. Kitty will share how the pandemic compounded her financial stress, and how she eventually found someone who not only listened to her concerns, but had a solution that lowered her interest rate from 28% to 2%. Let's hear Kitty's story in her own words, how she transformed her shame into pride, and is now on a mission to get others to do the same. Kitty, thank you so much for joining us here on Real Stories. And I wanted to start at the beginning. What did you learn about money growing up? Well, Chris, oh my gosh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I definitely had a unique upbringing around money. I am a fifth generation Californian. My Irish ancestors founded uh, a construction company right after the earthquake in san francisco they looked at the rubble this is an abbreviated story it's much more detailed like how did they get there but they looked at the rubble and they thought let's buy up the land and start a construction company so i come from inherited wealth that comes from builders a conservative company that truly has stayed in san francisco with a little bit of expansion but a very dedicated old Irish work ethic of sort of die at your desk, which is not that great of a um, expression. It's an old, it's outdated, but a very hardworking, conservative, family-owned business um, where literally you cannot sell the buildings that we've built and own 
for more than one cent to your relative, meaning you kind of can't get out. And if you get out, you're, you don't carry that with you. So even back in the day when my um, great-grandfather uh, sat down with um, Conrad Hilton, Conrad Hilton said, you know, would you like to join up with, with us? And my family's company is Cahill Construction and, um, and Cal Fox Real Estate. And my great-grandfather said, no, I want my boys to stay in San Francisco. So it's that there, there's a big value. I even get chills when I hear that story of, no, it's not for us. We want to stay local. We do a lot of uh, low-income housing. We also, you know, redid Union Square, and we have built a lot of buildings in downtown San Francisco in the financial district. So we, we as a, a family, you know, thrive off of the inherited wealth. Some of the family work for Cahill, you know, they are the president. My cousin, Catherine, who's my, my age, I'm 41, is the CEO. And a lot of my second cousins are VPs. My first cousin is, a, is, a, is at a high level. Um, and I'm an artist. <laughs> so I have an art degree and I did not go that route. And I'm not a maths person. When I was growing up, I was told, you know, don't worry about money. And without getting into the interpersonal details of my family of origin, I definitely was not brought up with any um, budget, sense of budgeting. Um, I had I had a little allowance, and and with this, what they call old money or inherited wealth, you know, it's conservative. It's not that much money. However, I'm extremely grateful, but it, it wasn't some sort of Paris Hilton. We'll bring back the Hilton <laughs> comparison. But, you know, it was a small amount that allowed me to choose where I wanted to work, meaning I worked at wonderful summer camps and I pursued an art degree without a business degree on the side of it and basically grew, grew up very lucky with a little bit of an allowance and no idea of budget. I just saw the money in my checking account and when it got low, the next month came and I got my my dividend, which is from my grandparents, not from my parents directly. So my parents weren't giving me money. It was from the, literally from those buildings. So I grew up with a really lovely, blessed, you know, unusual feeling about money. My dad grew up with nothing. My mom grew up with this inherited wealth. So my dad was really excited about money and had a very positive attitude. Like, you guys, this is awesome. And I mean that from an innocent point of view, like, wow, we get to go to Hawaii and, and let's buy you a new dress. And so I grew up definitely in a fantasy world about, and literally uneducated about how it works, which again, in an innocent way, I just didn't know. I didn't know. You just get the money in your account. And then when it starts to go down, you go, oh, well, I've got to wait a couple of days. And then the next you know, maybe um, $500 an allowance or whatever when I was, I don't, you know, in college or something would come in. Of course, medical was paid for. I never, you know, schooling was never, it was, I just knew that that was part of the deal. Um, I grew up with an idea that, well, I can have a credit card 
credit cards are great because, well, if you don't have the cash, you'll just use the credit card and then um, you can pay it off later. There'll be a fund, you know, or there's a, there's a way out. It's okay. I also had no guilt about it or any worry because I thought, well, that's what you do. That's what they're there for. I didn't think about the fact that I thought it was normal. Of course they charge you a fee. That's the deal. If you get free money, you're going to be charged a fee. It's a, I thought, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm happy to pay the fee. You get money, um, when you don't have it. So again, very uneducated, um, I'm a very visual learner and just to give my own credit, I'm sure that I could have been balancing a budget, but because of the circumstances in my youth, um, I, I didn't have the person who would have said, Hey, let's think about how you're going to start saving for your, for your career. That person was not available. She's available now, my mom, but, um, the person who was in charge was like, let's spend it. It's fun. In, a, in an innocent way. Yeah. So, yeah. Not thinking about how it was just ultimately, even though it may not have been crucial when you were much younger, that as you aged, that it suddenly was yeah, a skill we, that you just had never practiced, really. I literally never practiced it. And also, um, you know, the person who was in charge of me as a youth and a minor, uh, it was a sort of live each day to the fullest vibe. It, it, it had an innocence around it. So it wasn't on purpose, like, oh, I'm not going to keep a budget. Um, but he sort of thought, you know, I was brought up to think, well, I'll end up with someone who has more abundance and abundance is everywhere. That was kind of his vibe. And my, and they, they were in spiritual groups. So there was kind of like, it was more of an energetic vibe than reality. Like, Hey, you might have a kid one day who needs to go to college. And even if there is this wonderful, blessed source of, you know, inherited wealth, multi-generational, beautiful, conservative, conservative in a good way, meaning they kept the money safe and it keeps going. So it would keep going um, and didn't ever invest it unwisely. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of a it's a part life's a party and not in an excessive way, but just like, if you'd like a dress, let's get you a dress. So from the universe will provide. Exactly. And my dad found this very wonderful and was like, you know, he had studied TM and he was in, you know, he, he viewed it as a gift and there was never a bad energy around money. So I never got that. And my mom was always like, we're, we're broke. And I was like, not, not really, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I didn't, it was like this conflicting. So anyway, yeah, it was kind of a complicated an odd upbringing where actually a lot of kids that I know who grew up with inherited wealth, even though they had those trust funds or money coming, their parents were like, what's your plan? You know, what's your major? Let's start saving here's your savings account. You're 18. You got to get a job. And maybe even, even didn't reveal how much money these kids were going to eventually inherit. Because I noticed that all of my, the people that I know who have similar backgrounds, they all have these businesses. They started a jewelry business that had a, just had a collaboration with the Beverly Hills hotel, or they started Spanish book box, a mail order thing where, because she's married to a Latin American where you receive um, books in Spanish for your kids, you know, like 
where my brother and I are like in our forties in debt going, what happened? And a lot of that is because my, we had some issues in our, in our upbringing with our family of origin, but, but it's also because that piece was missing. Like, Hey, okay. You're 18. You're kind of on your own. You got to get a, you know, you're an artist. You should probably take a graphic design course. Cause I still do it freehand. Like I'm an old school. I do not know how to use a computer. <laughs> yes. Yes. As so, we discovered trying to, trying to get this call yes, together. Yes. Precisely. Bless um, my, bless my heart. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, eventually you had your, your child. How did that affect you both financially and, and otherwise? So I found myself pregnant with bulged discs and they're in my low back, the worst possible place to get pregnant and have an injury. And my partner at the time was my fiance now was working as a manager at the health food store in Santa Cruz where we met. And when it was time for his paternity leave, I said, after having a unfortunate nerve damage situation with my C-section, which I've now recovered from. Um, I said, I'm going to need your help. I could barely lift my child. I couldn't wear baby wearing as a thing. That's just, that's just a term for when you, you know, uh, have your baby in a baby carrier. I couldn't baby. I couldn't wear my baby. I had pain that radiated down my legs into my feet and I had numb feet from this nerve damage um, from the C-section. It's as it was a total malpractice thing, but I was injured. And I said, why don't you just not go back to work instead of us hiring a nurse or a, or a nanny, someone to help me. Um, he was only making $20 an hour as a manager, which really was not enough for me to say you should keep that. And then I'm just alone in pain with this baby. Cause it was kind of scary. Like what if, what if I need to pick him up and I, and I fall to my knees cause the, the nerve damage was severe. Um, and COVID hit and I just, you know, innocently thought, okay, well, we're going to fill the fridge and food's the priority even though we're both fit, you know, athletic people, we just, I spent a lot of money on these services where, you know, groceries, Instacart, you know, food comes to your house, but it adds up. And I was also now taking care of uh, three people, including myself. So even though I had this small, um, you know, dividend, I, it, it covered my rent, but as everyone knows, life gets expensive. Diapers are expensive. Wipes are expensive. We went, you know, you go through so much and I was injured and I was also so overwhelmed by, and I lived somewhere with no, no family. So no grandparents were there holding my baby. Nobody was bringing a casserole over. Um, I, I was in a severely difficult place and it was a wonderful solution in my mind to have Dylan not be working because of the fact that he only made two grand a month and I was getting, you know, two grand from my, from my, from those buildings that I am a partial owner of. So, you know, and COVID was a fog. It's like we spent, we, thankfully we lived on West Cliff in Santa Cruz. It's a place where you can be outside all day and walk. We did a lot of walks, but 
I just, you know, ordered whatever we needed, light bulbs, everything came in Amazon boxes. And suddenly I found myself in $20,000 of debt. You know, we moved mid COVID to Cardiff by the sea where Dylan is from, uh, where his mom lives, where I thought I would get more support in terms of like a grandmother coming and, you know, babysitting didn't happen. Um, bless her. I love her. But the reality was I was just spending a lot without, I was spending unconsciously thinking, well, no worries. It's just a credit card. I'll figure it out later. Except for the APR rate, <laughs> which was 28% or something. And I was paying $800 in interest. And if you only have two grand as your budget, and you're taking care of three people, that's after rent, I could pay for the rent, and I could pay for the gas, but then suddenly I would have like $400 left, so that's when I started calling all my credit, calling the Chase, I had two credit cards, I started calling, and I had to make a lot of phone calls, meaning I had to tell my story over and over and over, and it really was related to the fact that I had severe nerve damage, it took me out of life and out of work, both Dylan and I had been working before my pregnancy and I literally saved my family. I mean, I don't know where else I would have gotten. I didn't know what else to do. And somehow by some miracle, I got connected at Chase to Green Path and talked to a wonderful human being who listened for an hour, listened to the real story of how I was finally, you know, I'd, fi I'd found a miracle chiropractor here who worked on the World Surf League. You know, you got to go to a sports doctor if you want results. That's just a side note. But he listened and he I had been gaslit by so many doctors saying, oh, you'll get better. You know, severe tailbone pain is normal. No, it's not. Um, I did traction on my low back for three months. I'm... I'm good. You know, I have, of course I'm 41 and things ache, but I'm getting back, you know, I'm able to become an artist again. And Dylan became a metal worker again, but I, I can't even tell you the relief I had hearing that they, as a nonprofit or not for profit, I'm not sure they were able to lower my rate to 2% and I could get out of this. I was like, Oh my God, this was the best news ever. I was so proud of myself. So I just, I knew there had to be a solution. I had faith there was some something out there that could help me because I literally was drowning in debt and we couldn't move forward. Yeah, you're you're lifting up sort of like the the two ingredients to what takes place in a in a counseling call. So for yeah. listeners that don't know, I was a I was a counselor at Green Path the first nine years of my career. And of course the numbers matter because you could listen to your blue in the face, but if you're going to walk back out still at 28% interest, you're it still in the matter. same boat, right? Because yeah. that's important. But the other part is it's not just a bunch of numbers and spreadsheets and we send you on your way. It is very much, we wear so many hats, marriage yes. counselor, you know, psychologist. Yes. We're not really that, but in some ways, of course, we're we humans. are. We, yeah, we're humans. We're yeah. humans. We're mind, body, spirit. We make decisions to save our families. Sometimes the help is not there. We don't live in those kind of communities that we used to live in where your next door neighbor takes, holds your baby while you take a shower. And that was not available during COVID. And that is related to money because in place of that connection, 
I had to buy things and I had to pay people to become my community, you know? And I thought that the credit cards were a blessing and they were. And my parents gave me so much shame for being in that debt, which is a very strange conundrum because I was like, but you guys, if you divide three years by $30,000 and you look at what Dylan was making, I literally just subst. We weren't buying anything exciting. It was light bulbs and sliced turkey and diapers and it adds up. And yes, it's going to be doubly expensive when you're buying band-aids and neosporin and heating pads on Amazon instead of, you know, whatever. I thought of it, well, this is amazing. I don't have someone who can go to the pharmacy for me, so I'm going to pay this company. And in a lot of ways, it was genius, whoever invented these, you know, come to your house and being able to chat and say, no, that's not the right kind of almond flour. Can you pick this one? Um, And yes, that's a good substitute. I thought this was a miracle. Um, And then I was so shamed. And I think that I really want to honor Green Path's uh, values because I got to speak to a real person who did not rush me, who listened and, and heard my story. And that part made me trust that made me build trust with the company. And then of course the numbers hearing that, yes, I could lower this. That was, that's a huge amount. And so he, he laid it out and showed me, Oh yeah, you can get out of this. And then Kitty, when you start making money, you can start giving, you can let us take more from your checking account, which I loved. And I went solutions and I just felt really connected. And that's what's, that's what I think holds people back. And I think a lot of people would just think it's hopeless. And I'm a person who sees a problem as an opportunity always. Like I have a permaculture background and when we do, when we look at a landscape, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity, even with just an emotional process. There's, there's always going to, it's like a healing crisis. And I just, I think, you know, money, you know, you're not supposed to talk about it. There's a taboo. I think heal that stuff, talk about it, get out there. And Green Path had that energy of like, I'm going to listen to you as a whole person, And also as a woman, I was not shamed. He heard my story. He heard that actually it made sense within three years. I literally was just making up for the money that Dylan wasn't bringing in. Yeah. Because it it wasn't like $100,000. It was just, it was around $27,000, something like that. And, um, And I'm proud of myself and I'm so excited, you know, and that, to be able to say that with all the shame that can be built up, especially as a mom, I thought I was doing something good. And green path was like, Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's a tough situation and we we've got a solution. So I was just so psyched. I been, I tell everyone about it. So it's interesting. You must've been reading my questions. So one of my later on questions, but I'll ask it now is <laughs> money is often, <laughs> money is often a taboo subject in our culture. What are your thoughts? So right. I guess I got your basic thoughts. What advice would you give to people though, that are still kind of hemmed in by by that shame that don't want to talk about it. Love this. I literally just got full body chills. I, I wish I could go talk to people out in my community. You know, money is no different than anything else. It it's to be spoken about. It is anything that you keep within 
and are ashamed about is going to form a dis-ease, which is, you know, disease, and you're going to feel uncomfortable and that's going to create, you know, cortisol surge. And then there's, you know, the uh, physiological, uh, you know, pattern of cortisol, which for a lot of people is gaining weight. And, you know, we have this, you know, the situation in our our community post COVID where people are like, how do I get my life back together? But basically we have to start talking about money, but we have to start talking about ourselves in a bigger context of the mind, body, spirit, or for some listeners, like the, a holistic approach to money and money management and to be honest and transparent and take away the shame because we're just human beings and most of us are just trying to take care of our families. And as a new mom, my boy's three and a half. Oh my gosh, I would have done anything. I would have done anything, you know, to make sure uh, within reason, of course, um, I would have done anything safe to take care of my family and, and feed them. And my sweet Dylan, my partner, of course, I would have done anything. And when he said, I need, you know, a new pair of car hearts. Yes, he's got them. I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. Really, if anyone's listening and they're feeling ashamed, don't feel ashamed. These people will listen to you. There's no shame. With your experience, you, you, you mentioned as you talked with Robert and he devised a plan, which you've subsequently started. Were there any um, things that were kind of occurred differently than you imagined as you started that? How did that experience go? 100% from the moment I spoke to Robert, big shout out to Robert, I felt a human being on the other side of the phone listening, really hearing me, giving me space to respond. And with Robert, it's like a normal conversation. He really was listening. There was an openness. There was a potential. I felt that even if I got turned down, I had had a conversation, which I didn't. I, I had a conversation with someone who's really listening. And that is the most important thing for me with healthcare, with anything I'm, anyone who's uh, providing a service to help me get in balance with my life and my family, my finances, my, my personal self, my body, um, even with my community, with the earth. Like I'm a person who's like, dude, what happens to me happens to all. Uh, my conversation with Robert was radical. That's what I'll say. And I say radical, meaning it was right on. He listened. He was present. It wasn't phony. It was authentic. I could tell there was a person on the other end who also potentially had a family, has gone through hardships. I would call it transparent, meaning it was a boundary appropriate conversation, but it also, it, it had heart. I felt connected. And I was like, many times I was like, Robert, this is awesome. You know, like I felt at home, like I could be honest. So yes, it's like, like you said, it's like there is kind of a counselor. It's like a financial counselor instead of someone making you feel a little sharp. Like it's a, like you're in trouble because you spent this money. So I think in the world with all of these tough things that we're dealing with, if you could just take the shame away, if you could just listen, miracles can happen. And as a person with a background in mind, body, spirit stuff, and, you know, I, I lived at a place called Esalen and Big Sur Retreat Center, a woman came to talk about nonviolent communication. And I'll share this because it changed my life. 
she traveled to Africa and sat down with a dictator who had committed terrible atrocities. And I think she was there on, on an interview basis. And instead of shaming him, she looked across the table and said, your job must be very hard. And he looked at her and said, it is so hard. And then they could talk. Then they could get somewhere. And I'm telling you, this blew my mind. I have chills talking about it because instead of creating an atmosphere of blame, this woman went to a place with her, quote unquote, you know, someone who would be an enemy and found a way to nonviolently bridge the gap so that progress could be made so that you can speak to someone on the other side. And Greenpath, I know that's a very different example, but I'm telling you. It's actually you, not as different as I, you think, I, because I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm and talking And here's about. why, because Greenpath actually has an empathy coach that several years Love ago that. literally brought nonviolent communication to us. Oh my gosh. So all the frontline staff that you're speaking to oh my in some way has been coached in that technique. And so I have and, and, full body and, chills. Yeah. This is and I, and I, this could, is I could say that um, I know this, of course, this podcast is of course focused on money and, and achieving financial success. Uh, but in the humanity of it all, one of the most amazing parts about nonviolent communication is you know, I learned it personally for my job, of course, right. but it is so applicable to like real everyday life. So, yes. yes. And listening. And if you meet a neighbor who has opposite viewpoints, there is a way to be in community with everyone and be in nonviolent communication and action, which is totally related to money because it is our currency. And Oh gosh, I freaking love that you just said that that you guys have actual empathy co you know, empathy coaching and that's a value empathy is a value of your company related to money and the nonviolent communication thing is so right on. That's what I was receiving. I was receiving an empathetic, nonviolent approach, a human approach to something that is very hidden in our society. And it should be out there. It all should be out there. And that, what I love is, actually, y'all are kind of like a permaculture company because we want everyone to thrive. How about everyone thrives? How about we find solutions for everyone? And regardless of religion and politics and all of that, on a human level in communities, if we could all get together and I could free, because I freely share with people I meet and other, I go, oh, I was in debt. Now I can say that freely. I said, oh my gosh, I was in such debt. I found this amazing company, Green Path. They listened and they lowered my APR from 28% to 2%. It's a miracle. And I am in a situation that's sustainable and I'm on the road to achieving my family's goals. And I'm on the road to balance and harmony, which is something that it's not just about money. It affects my physiology. It affects my nervous system. I feel more relaxed. I feel that there's a solution coming. Um, everything affects everything. So there's nothing exists in a bubble. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. We, we like to talk about the connection between health and wealth as an example. Love that. Love that. Well, and I, it, it's miracle and it's connected to Chase. Chase is a major bank. So yeah, and and just you know, you you uh, 
talk through that uh, quicker than our audience may have picked up on. So we have partnerships with many of the major creditors, Chase being one of them, where when an individual is struggling with one of their cards, if they're able to recognize that it goes either beyond their scope of what they're able to do, or certainly if they there's other debts outside of them, they will have a direct line into uh, Green Path to to address that so that it is more of a holistic approach so that they're not just focused on their own card. They could get someone who knows how to uh, and has that expertise on there. Love that. Yes. And really, I want everyone to know about this because I I know that I know people are in debt post covid and I know moms, especially a new mom who potentially doesn't have a community of grandparents or aunties and they might not have someone coming over with the used stroller saying, this is fine. You can use this. So we bought the most expensive new stroller because we didn't know. We thought, well, it should not have no germs on it or something, you know, really silly like that because we're pretty open hippie type, hippie on the inside type people. (laughs) But as new parents, you're like, you got to buy the new thing. Like you, I can't buy, I can't even COVID, uh, regardless of everyone's opinion on that situation that we had, uh, of course, part of us was affected by like, no, we need to buy new things. And what, and I think that does tie back to like, I'm working with a company that's a community-based company that has ethics of, uh, empathy and a holistic approach and nonviolent communication. This all is like, this is what I practice in all areas, you know? And even when I started working with Green Path, I found a sports chiropractor who worked on the World Surf, World Surf League who totally healed my body, who was the first person to listen to my story. So I, so it's like if you work with someone who's empathetic and, and practicing nonviolent communication and who's open and hearing you, it does have a ripple effect. You're going to seek that out in other areas of your life. So, you know, businesses have this wonderful chance to make huge change in the world, even something like people would be surprised as, you know, debt (laughs) and debt consolidation. Who knew knew? debt consolidation and and healing debt in a sustainable way um, changed my viewpoint. And actually allowed my mind to be open to work with my new financial advisor, a friend of the family who is working with me on actually looking. Cause I was so, um, I had blinders on about it. Cause I, I, I didn't know what it was. I wasn't brought up with it and it was a scary, dangerous thing. And I know that sounds crazy, but to work on a budget sounded like my money was going to be taken away. And now I realize no, because Roger also works with Morgan Stanley he was like, no, Kitty, this is he shared his personal story and was like uh, his wife and he, you know, lived on $50 a day and they they got cash out and they had a plan. And each month they put a thousand dollars into an emergency fund until it re- reached ten thousand dollars. And then they put a thousand dollars into a savings fund until it reached ten thousand dollars and then put a thousand dollars a month into a vacation fund fund. Suddenly they had thirty thousand dollars. And they, they had the good fortune to be able to do that because he was working at Morgan Stanley, but you know, they have a newborn now and they, they learned how to manage their money. And he came from an inherited wealth situation also. And also like 
experienced debt, which is, you know, it sounds like a conundrum, but also helpful for people to know that people who may have a source of income, I guess it's called like an independent source of income, can easily be in debt because it's not it's not like a million dollars. It might be $500 or $2,000, but it goes quick if you're supporting a family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so as, as you, as you alluded to, as you were kind of resetting how you approach finances, um, what are some of your financial goals in the coming months in, in the next year? So my family, we are very much into the wilderness and nature. And for us, we're not so much about objects and things as we are experiences. And for us, we have a three and a half year old and we live in Cardiff by the sea. His preschool is two blocks away. So we're, you know, we're in that stage of our life where it really is all about Henry and travel is coming up, but our goals are to eventually be able to have a house and a property where there's a garage where Dylan can do his metal work. He's, uh, he did job core in his twenties and is a welder and fabricator and is certified in that. And that's his, he actually is a beautiful artisan in that he's a beautiful metal worker. And he lost his job, um, in December because of, uh, tenosynovitis. It's basically arthritis in the hand. You know, he's 42, he's a skater surfer. The body's been through a lot, so it's not surprising. He just can't work on the clock at 5 a.m. until 3 p.m. making, um, you know, metal bamboo uh, leaves for the San Diego Zoo. What he could do, which is very feasible, is have his own time clock, just as I do as a freelance artist, have a garage space or a studio space where there's no time frame. He could make a lot of money. Uh, my dad saw his the gate that he just made for the San Diego Zoo and said, oh, my God, that could be an architectural digest. So Dylan is actually a, an extremely talented metal worker and a beautiful artisan, but really needs to be his own manager. And I understand that completely because I am an artist. I paint and draw. I am not a graphic designer, though I can create a, an image that could be like, you know, uh, yeah. replicated. I, I do not have a ba any experience or background. I'd like to add that also. That's a goal. But both of us need a property where you can let sparks fly, literally. So Dylan literally has to have a space that's safe to do that. And we live in a duplex. It's not happening. So right now he's looking into data entry as a part-time Thing, which he did at the grocery, the health food stores that he had worked at for many years, you know, as he's a surfer skater, you know, it's a good, easy job to pick up. But both of us have the goal of bringing in, like, bringing in the equivalent of what my trust gives me per year. We want to make that. And we can. I used to make five or $6,000 in 2008 in New York City with my art. But I was just painting on skateboards and someone would say, I'll take six of them. And I had three shows up at different places in Brooklyn and, you know, Lower East Side and at a, this place called Max Fish where everyone went and all these pro skaters went. Even Mark Gonzalez showed up and went, that's good work. So there's all this potential. Like I used to make that money. And 20 years later, give or take, I'm a new mom, you know, and Dylan's a new dad and we've got our 
bodies that have been through athletic uh, extremes. Like I'm a tele skier and I used to rock climb and everything. And, you know, Dylan's a surfer and, you know, we're trying to create a situation where we could have a property where we can be our own bosses and make the amount of money that we need to have our three, three person life together. What are you uncertain about when it comes to money? I am uncertain about how to how to let people know that it's a good thing. I'm uncertain about how to change the dialogue around money because I am certain that talking about things is the road to healing and I am uncertain about the current system, not Green Path. Green Path is part of a healing modality, but I'm uncertain about the rest of the world that seems to not get on board with this integrated, empathetic, nonviolent, beautiful way to deal with money, debt, debt consolidation, and education around finances. Is that why you decided to share your story? Absolutely. 100%. I am a transparent person and my my story is one of, I have gone through many challenging things interpersonally, physically. Um, I choose hard, I choose the hard path. I'm a warrior and I, I like to share. And when I share, when I go on my, when I go on Instagram and I share the real truth, people are like, Kitty, oh my God, I more of this share more tell me like all i think i'm uh, it's just fear that holds me back because i know the truth the truth is you got to be honest you got to be open that's how we make change in the world you know i'm ready to be honest and not believe the ethic of my my people, the people that I directly come from who say, don't talk about money. It's impolite. Uh, don't talk about your debt. Um, it's impolite. Um, and also change the discussion about like achieving because, you know, even at Christmas, my uncle said, so, so what have you been up to? And I'm like, well, I pick up Henry and then I clean the house and then I do the dishes and then I fold the laundry. And then by then I have a minute to do my own exercise and heal my body and then I'm back on mom duty. I'm like, I'm not there yet to be able to create like 20 new pieces of art. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just ready to be the spokesperson for you can be a person who comes from inherited wealth and have debt and openly say, oh, yeah, because even my mom is like, oh, oh, I can't talk about that. When I mention I'm in a debt consolidation program, it frightens people. And I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about something good. Listen to me. Like, listen, they dropped my APR. This is a, this is like a, a, this is the gift of my life. I'm going to recover from what happened. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Does that, does that make sense? <laughs> Aside from calling Green Path, because I know that might be the easy answer, what advice do you have for someone who's experiencing financial stress? Number one is forgive yourself. Really step back and realize even if your debt is not related to COVID, I really have to say that affected all of us in a way that kept us out of life, away from hugs, 
Um, hugs are important. Away from human contact, I used to do a lot of dance events and places where even just brushing up against someone, you get you receive human contact. Um, I just want to say to all of you beautiful people who may have gone into debt, you're not alone. You have done nothing wrong. There are solutions. And as Shakespeare said, nothing's good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So, you know, uh, it's time to reverse the shame around money and see debt as an opportunity. And I know that's a radical thought, but I believe as a person who's gone through a lot, I have only received more personal growth, more gifts from life, more beauty, more love, more of my dreams coming true from, a, from going through a hard thing. So you can do the hard thing and Green Path is there with empathy and real humanity to welcome you into their community of people who are recovering from financial debt. Well so said. Yeah. no worries, y'all. There are solutions, <laughs> you know, there, there was laughter in my conversation with my, with this, with this debt, you know, counselor, uh, who would have thunk of, thunk of that, you know, like, gosh, we had a good conversation. It was fun. So that's what I'll tell those people, especially women who may feel guilty about purchases, you know, where there's some sexism about, you know, like, oh, you didn't take care of the money. Well, just forget about that. Call Green Path. They'll listen and start making solutions. It's possible. What advice would you have for your younger self? Oh, golly. Hey, little kitty. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Um the advice I'd have for my younger self is trust your intuition. All those jobs I worked were on the path for me because I am meant for leadership and I am meant for speaking the truth. And I am an artist and a dancer and a wilderness woman. And I would say to little kitty, that's who you are. And people will tell you to follow a different path and people will tell you things about money. Trust your heart, trust your gut. And when you meet one of those people who really looks in your eyes and listens to you, those are your guardian angels. Um, and I mean that in a non-religious sense. Those are the people to keep in your keep in your constellation of support. Because a lot of us come from families where perhaps we didn't get that support. And we didn't get that guidance, that um, the, the foundation of unconditional love related to all areas, health, finances, career, direction. And I would say to little kitty, you got this girl. There are wonderful things in your future. You may make mistakes, but there's also a quote. I think it's Beckett, you know, ever tried, ever failed, fail harder. You know, keep, you just keep going because you know what? I'm an expert tele skier and it is not easy to bend a knee and ski down a hill, but I'm, I'm really good at it. But I started 20 years ago and you better bet the first days of my tele skiing with a hip sled and a backpack during Knowles, I fell into the snow on my face over and over. And I think about that when people are like, damn kitty, you are really graceful. You are a really, really good tele skier. And I think, well, I did it for 20 years. So I would just tell little kitty, you got this. 
don't believe your mind when it says, you know, you should be ashamed of what you've done um, related to money. Like there are people out there like believe, believe in magic, but that's basically who I am now too. So, and get out in the sunshine, literally take your sunglasses off because vitamin D um, enters through the eyes and armpits. So just uh, don't stay inside too long. (laughs) Says the person who who lives in Southern California or lives on the California coast. <laughs> oh, you know, every morning I do my loop and I'm like the second half of the loop. I take my hat, my sunglasses off to get that sunshine. So, but yeah, just follow your path and, uh, you know, believe that there's a solution. Even if 20 people say we can't help you, that's what I would say. I would say you may hear many people say no but there's a yes waiting for you out there. I know it. The, the universe will conspire to support you. All you have to do is start thinking it. And I thought, I'm going to get out of debt. And then by some magic, Green Path happened. I'm not even sure. It was, you know, how did that happen? Somehow they said, can you hold, please? We do have a number for you. But it took 20 calls. And I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's tell more people about this because it saved my life. Love it. Love it. So Kitty, thank you so much uh, for sharing your story and your wisdom. So excited uh, that you were able to join us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I love always to speak about things that are life changing. So Green Path, thank you for helping me. And I'm so psyched for my journey because I know all my dreams are going to come true. I just have to keep on the path. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Omari and Shamika. Thanks, as always, for joining us. And my first uh, question is for Omari. So I know in her interview, Kitty really talked about the impact uh, of her her family's wealth and how that influenced not only the, the money that uh, her and her family received month to month, but just also kind of the, the mindset um, and just the, you know, sort of the influence of how she approaches money. I was wondering if you might speak to the impact, more generally speaking, of generational wealth. Definitely. Um, I think we all know the value that generational wealth can have for uh, informing a financial journey. What I liked about Kitty's story was that she seemed to have a self-awareness of recognizing the ways in which the generational wealth that she uh, had received informed um you know, her ability to or allowed her to pursue her passions while also, you know, um, given uh, taking inventory of the fact that um, it wasn't the sort of situation that would make her completely immune to the impacts of dealing with financial hardship. Um, So she had great self-awareness in recognizing both the benefits of the uh, situation that she was in while also allowing herself grace to still have to struggle with um, some decisions and also just some unfortunate situations that made our path a little bit more difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that I observed uh, in Kitty's story is just how important a community of support is, particularly when someone is uh, experiencing something new in their life. In this case, when her and her partner had their first child. Um, And in particular, 
having that during a pandemic um, where there was less uh, people just available in her life because of that. And so she spoke of the fact that online grocery services really um, acted in a supportive fashion, right? Being able to uh, pick up items when she wasn't able to get out of the house uh, for a number of reasons, not just because of the pandemic. But of course, she recognized the fact that there is a premium that one pays for those types of services. And that was one of the contributing factors to her debt. But it was really cool as her story evolved and as she talked about um, the initial counseling session with Greenpath and as that has started to, to play out, how Greenpath itself uh, and, and really the humans at Greenpath provided that support at the same time, you know, helping her to navigate her finances and, and slowly that community support increased, uh, you know, so she has a, a financial advisor as well that she uses. So it was just really cool to observe how um, she went from having to pay a premium for community support to having something that also saved her money. You know, she she described how helpful it was that Green Path was able to work with her creditors to lower her interest rates. So how cool is it? She saves money and is able to reach a situation where she has that emotional support when it comes to her money. Um, as we talk about emotions, one of the things that uh, she talked about is the idea of transforming her shame to pride. Shemika, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that definitely stood out about Kitty's story is the optimism that she had in all of her struggles and how she's trying to normalize the conversations around having debt, especially from someone who comes from generational wealth. She still had unfortunate circumstances that led to these difficult situations, but she was definitely able to see the positivity in all of it. And she ended with saying that um, she knows that all of her dreams are going to come true if she stays on the path. And she definitely mentions that there is success that comes from the difficult moments and is able to continue on her path and knowing that there may be still some bumps in the road in the future, but she's able to handle it. And we're able to all learn from that and able to all share in that feeling that we are able to become successful despite what we go through. Yeah, and, and you mentioned her dreams. And one of those dreams that she had, um, both for her and her partner, is to be able to get a house. And, you know, we, we help a lot of people at Green Path in their quest for home ownership. And there's so many different reasons that people want to buy a home. And it was cool that she lifted up some some different reasons in her case because she's an artist to have a space to practice and to 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 do her work as well as her partner who's a metal worker and for him to have you know a, a studio for him to perform his craft and to to make a living at the same time so um it just goes to show you that buying a home is is not always about the the obvious reasons that we always hear about now obviously as the story um played out there was this moment where Kitty brought up the concept of nonviolent uh, communication, which uh, you might have heard my reaction because it's something that at Green Path we practice a ton. I know I've practiced it a lot. And it was really cool for someone just sort of on their own, unprompted to, to bring it up. And I know that's something that also that you've studied uh, a lot, Omari, and was wondering if you might speak to it as well. Yeah, I was really excited to hear her say that as well, because not only is it something that um, those of us on on this uh this podcast have some experience with it also is a big part of what we do at green path and it's really the thing that makes our counseling approach different 
And this was a really good opportunity for um, our audience to really see a firsthand example of how impactful this empathy-based holistic approach towards counseling really is. And I was just really happy to see Kitty um, uh, sort of share that that moment with us. Um, she really goes to show how important that type of communication can be. So that was really cool to hear. Absolutely. And so, as always, I thank you both for your for your insights and just kind of lifting up some of the themes uh, that came out in Kitty's story. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, as always, for listening. Special thanks to Hero for our theme music, which will play us out. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination. Welcome back, Hero.